Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, welcome back to Faith Marketplace, where we interview business leaders and others on how they make their business and careers their ministry by putting their faith to work. And I'm joined here in studio, as I am every Saturday, with my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Villarreal. Say hi, Hello, everyone. Hello, <laughs> everyone. And will we have any tips or ideas for them today before we get started? Well, we're going to have a lot as we move forward, but I do actually have something that I would like everybody to go check out. This is eBiz Universe, an award-winning digital marketing firm here in Chicago that helps clients nationwide to get business through excellence in lead generation, SEO, social media marketing, and of course, website design and development. Their clients love them. Check them out on their website, ebizuniverse.com, and see for yourself the awesome testimonials and award-winning services. Hey, just to remind you, too, our show is broadcast worldwide on the Internet at AM 1160. There's an app out there you can download. And we're on every Saturday from noon to 1 o'clock on AM 1160. So in the Chicagoland area, you can listen to it on AM. You can listen to it on the Internet. I don't want excuses out there, guys, because you're out in the soccer field or doing something out shopping. You can plug in. And if, in fact, you miss it, you can go out to our website and check out all of our uh podcasts that are out there for over five years now, so it's really, really fabulous. And also stay tuned. We've got a new uh, website. We're going to announce a few things later on about some really cool stuff we're, we're yeah. going to be doing, so hang in there with us. Um, and what I'd like to do now is we have a very special guest calling it in all the way from Northern California, actually Silicon Valley, and I would like to introduce you to Roy Goble today. He is the, uh, actually, he's a business owner. He runs a, a, a bunch of uh, offices out there in real estate and so on and so forth. But uh, he's also the proud author of a second book now called Salvaged, uh, Less, Lessons Learned in Leadership in a Junkyard. So welcome, Roy. Hey, thanks to ha- for having me today. You know, uh, just so we can get kind of uh, folks get a feel for you and give us a little bit of your background, a little bit of your story so they kind of understand who Roy Goble is. Yeah. Uh, well, a little bit about myself. I uh, The distinctive part, I guess, is that I, I did grow up in Silicon Valley back when it was all fruit orchards. <laughs> and my dad uh, always owned junkyards. And so I worked every Saturday and every summer pulling parts and uh, getting greasy and going home with filthy clothes and shoes and grease under my fingernails. And it was just a wonderful experience. It was a sort of magical place in a lot of ways. Learned a lot about life and about leadership there. I love it, too. And something special a little bit about your background that we've had guests in the past, though, but uh, you actually went to college at Westmont College, but you also married who? I married Dion. She's my high school sweetheart. We actually met when we were 14. Wow. (laughs) That goes back a ways. (laughs) And uh, let the folks know about, you know, the business you're in now, what it is you're doing. So Global Properties grew out of the wrecking yards, out of the junkyards, um, sometime in the uh, late 70s. Uh, my dad and I looked at each other and said, you know, there's more money in the land here than there are on the car parts sitting on top of the land. So we transitioned into being a real estate development firm, built a lot of industrial properties throughout Silicon Valley and expanded into office and retail and other types of uh, real estate as well. Cool. And right. I still run that business. Yeah. That's great. Roy, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you're so passionate about the work that you do? 
You know, one of the things that we did very early on is focus on providing affordable space for small business. And everybody thinks of Silicon Valley as you know, Facebook and Google and Apple. Mm-hmm. But um, all the people that work there still have to get their dry cleaning done. They still have to get their car tuned up. Um, so there's all kinds of small businesses there, as there are everywhere. And those small businesses um, struggle. So it's great. It's really fun to go to work and provide uh, a space for a, a young or new entrepreneur to step in and really be pursuing their dream. We just love that part of what we do. Wait, so when you say they struggle, in what ways? Well, financially they struggle because, frankly, rents out here are insane. Mm -hmm. And the cost of housing here is nuts as well. Um, But I think all small businesses struggle. We all know that it's a risky proposition. And uh, growing it from a sort of hobby, uh, hobby business that operates out of your garage or your kitchen or your living room into something that's truly substantial, it's just difficult. and always has been. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting you bring up the subject of difficulty and challenges and all that. So uh, you guys have been through some challenges yourself. Why don't you let our listeners know, as being, being a family-owned business and in business for over 70 years, what, what were some of the things that you faced in the business and, and as it's grown? Well, historically, of course, we've gone through all the ups and downs of Silicon Valley. We were mm-hmm. here for the dot-com bust um, and we've been here through the boom. And in terms of real estate, of course, we had to deal with the whole crisis of 2008 and the um, financial meltdown that that, uh, that that caused. So we've been through all of that. And currently, my wife and I just turned 60, mm-hmm. and both of my kids are looking at, well, they are actively engaged in their own careers, so they're not interested in coming into the family business. And we're we're dedicating the next 10 years to figuring out how are we going to wind this thing down? Or what does it look like to wind it down? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, a current challenge we're facing right now. Yeah. And uh, also, just going from junkyard business, I would think, going into the real estate, I mean, it's quite a dynamic shift there, right? <laughs> it was. It was. It was a learning process, definitely. Um, my dad had been building very inexpensive metal buildings as far back as like the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So he knew a little bit about it. But we had never approached it in a professional way. And I remember my first day at work showing up, and it was literally one small desk, two chairs, one phone with one phone line, mm-hmm. and him and me. That was it. Yeah, it you was, know, it was fun. being a Christian brother that you are, you know, when you're in some of these challenges, like you just ticked off a little bit, what, what do you lean on to get through some of this stuff, Roy? Well, the, the classic, of course, is um, you need wise counsel. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, the Bible is just so filled with that. Uh, it, it talks over and over about the best leaders and the wisest people are those who lean into the wisdom of others. Now, obviously, a big part of that leaning into is relying on, on God's faithfulness um, and God's grace for when I mess up. And, and that's so important. Um, you don't beat yourself up, and you just <laughs> you lean into God's grace and love when you make mistakes. Um, but there's also this just very tangible part of constantly being in prayer, constantly being thoughtful and bringing God into the conversation as you think about uh, major decisions mm-hmm. and sometimes even minor ones. Yeah, I love what you said about that, uh, bringing God into the conversation. So how do you incorporate your faith in your work, Roy? Not an easy thing to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always believe in the three words that are really important to me are authenticity, accessibility, and integrity. And authenticity is you don't want to shy away from who you are. Um, you know, there are people in my company that are not believers, of course, 
Um, but I don't shy away from who I am. Now, that doesn't mean I can sit down and you know hammer them over the head and say, mm-hmm. I am a believer, and this is what you need to believe. You can't do that in any context, um, least of all a business sitting. But you do have to be authentic. And if people think I'm hiding my faith, they know I'm faking it. They think I'm just embarrassed by it or something. Mm-hmm. So I am authentic in the workplace. I also want to really build on um, on accessibility. Um, I want to be accessible to my colleagues and employees in their life. So we recently had an employee, for instance, who has been with us for a long, long time. And she had a, um, she's a single woman and she was struggling. Um, she found out she had cancer. Mm. Well, we came alongside her as a company to um, be accessible to her, to help her and to support her through that process. And then, of course, everything falls apart if you don't have integrity. You have to be salt and light in the workplace. That doesn't work if you don't have integrity, if you're, if you're gossiping on the job, if you're twisting the truth, if you're throwing temper tantrums or undercutting your colleagues. That's just going to completely undercut your integrity. Mm. Yeah, I love what you said there. So authenticity, accessibility, and integrity. Yeah, those right. are rock solid. The other thing too, Roy, you you mentioned it to me when we, we got together a little bit, that you really look at your business because of the uniqueness of your business with these tenants and all these different people, not only the employees, as a ministry, right? Yeah, something yeah. my father taught me early on. Um, two things out of that. One is he very early on talked about the, the business as a for-profit ministry. And by that he meant, look, we've got to turn a profit, but we have an opportunity to influence people and to drive the conversation, to to change culture, to change lives. And we need to remember that in everything we do. Yeah. The other the other thing of that came out when I was at a business meeting of all things with the city, and they turned to us and said, "You're not really real estate developers; you're redeveloping neighborhoods." Oh wow! Oh man! And I looked at him and said, "Wow, okay, <laughs> yeah." Know that. Wow, that is salt and light, buddy. <laughs> that is yeah, really, yeah. especially out there. I know there's uh, quite a bit of diversity out there in that area, as you mm-hmm. said, and a lot of wealth. And I know you know uh, some of those folks that are out there. And they're as broken as the folks that are poor. Matter of fact, I think they're more broken sometimes. Would you agree? I I agree. Yeah, that's great that you have you look upon it that that way that you're you know you're engaged that way. But uh, you know, Jennifer, you you're going to let our guests know and our, our listeners know about something special with Roy, right? Yeah. Well, he is being so generous here to give uh, away two signed copies of his book, and this book is called Salvage. They can find it on Amazon, but you can also text us to two two four. 404-1988. Simply send us your name along with the keyword salvaged and you'll be entered to win a signed copy of Roy Goebel's book. And also everybody that texts us, we're going to give you actually um, uh, an article that Roy wrote. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about that when we come back. Yeah, and what I want to remind you again is to uh, stay tuned for the next segment because uh, I have to tell you, personally, I've read this book from cover to cover in one setting, and I never do that. It's a Mm 200-page book, and I am so excited about this interview with Roy because it's just packed full of some great gems, and we're going to tease that out here in a little bit. So stay tuned with our special guest, Roy Goebel, and his book, Salvaged. Leadership lessons pulled from the junkyard. I know you're going to love some of the great stories he got and some very unique titles that he has to his chapters. So we're going to be right back with Roy, and stay tuned.
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, welcome back to Faith Marketplace. I'm Bob Lambert here with my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Villarreal. In case you missed the first segment, we're back with today's guest, Roy Goebel, uh, and he's sharing with us uh, his book, uh, salvaged. But before we get into that, Jennifer, you'd like to tell them a little bit more as to getting some free stuff. Yeah, we always love to give away free stuff. So make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with your name and the keyword salvaged. And if you're listening to this uh, live or even on the replay, make sure you send us that text. We're giving away two signed copies of the book and everyone is going to receive the article that uh, Roy wrote in Outreach magazine titled Six Easy Ways to Motivate Your Team. Ah, that's, that's so good. Hey, uh, Roy, we got a lot to cover here, and especially on the book, you know. So, But um, let's talk a little bit about life verses or some of your favorite Bible verses and some things that stimulate you and might have led into, you, you know, some of the things you've done. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I've always been fascinated by Galatians 2, uh, 9 through 10, where Paul writes about how his mandate was to leave Jerusalem to go to the Gentiles, and that the Jerusalem church specifically said, do not forget the poor. And um, I've always taken that to heart, because his uh, mission was really the most important mission trip uh, in our church's history. And um, at, at the core of it was, you, you need to remember the poor in the midst of this. Um, a lot of us twist that, by the way. We start thinking about the, the poor um, as people we go to. But in reality, in Galatians, Paul was leaving the poor to go to the rich, and they were concerned that going to the rich, he would be um, tempted and uh, uh, fall into a lifestyle that um, maybe wasn't so healthy. Mm -hmm. I've always loved that passage. Yeah. I know you referenced another one here, too, that's kind of the secondary one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Proverbs 31, uh, everybody thinks of it as the noble woman passage, which of course it is, but in the first uh, several verses... It's actually advice from the king's mother um, about justice and good leadership and a responsibility uh, to the least of these. And there's the one verse that always makes me smile is verse 7, where it says, Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. <laughs> and people, I say that and people go, that's not in Scripture. And I pull up the passage and show them where it is. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, taken out of context, of course, it sounds crazy. But in that context, basically the king's mother was saying, you have to give... The, the least of these, a reason to have hope and an opportunity to celebrate. Uh, and they weren't saying drink and forget your misery in the sense that they were going to fall over drunk. They were saying, hey, give them a chance to have a party. Yeah. And I know there's some things that will come up a little bit later that dr- drive you and both uh, Dion as to some of the ministries you're involved in that might relate right. to some of this. But uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Well, so much, so much truth and so much wisdom in Scripture. Um mm. And we also know that you might have some words of wisdom for our audience or maybe even what you would have given your younger self knowing what you know now. So what would you say to that, Roy? Yeah, I was with a a young man that I mentor, and um, he just recently graduated from college. And he asked me that very same question. And I just smiled and said, wear your sunscreen. Uh, you know, <laughs> as one who has to go to the dermatologist once a year to have little spots removed, please just wear your sunscreen. <laughs> um, but more seriously, I wish that as a, as a young man, as a young leader, I had invested more into relationships with other mm. people. Um, not, I, you know, I, I think I did a good job with my wife. We've been married almost 40 years now. 
think he did a good job with my kids. Um, but I really wish I had built more meaningful, deep relationships with um, friends, with colleagues, with people that I work with, um, and maintained those relationships over the years. I think that would have been a wise move from a business perspective, but also as a follower of Christ, it's the right thing to do. Well, what does that look like when you say build more uh, you know, relationships? Can you give an example of, of what you would have done, knowing what you know now? Sure. I, I wish I had... Um, and when I met people, and you, you're obviously going to meet people in business and, and just in life or through church or whatever, I wish I had taken the time to truly get to know them, have them over for dinner or go to dinner with them, um, listen to the problems that they face in life, pray with them, mm-hmm. encourage them. I, I, I was so focused on success. I was so focused on running my business that I think I neglected that at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can see a lot of that still today. Yeah. Um, and also yeah. people hiding behind their phones of texting or, you know, mm-hmm. doing things virtually. I know I'm kind of that way, too, where I like to do more <laughs> virtually uh, just to leverage my time. But, yeah, that's really, really good tips. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and thank you for giving some wisdom like that to the young gentleman that, uh, you know, sought some mentorship and some words of wisdom from you. Um, that carries a long way, and I think this millennial generation is definitely challenged with some of that. You know, yeah. Uh, when I when I say that face to face relationships, you know, right. uh, they think they have relationships because they're connecting with somebody on the internet. But the fact of the matter is, I tell people, you know, that is just a connection. It's not a really a deep relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, who inspires you? You know, and whether it be at home there or out in the marketplace or in the world, who's who, what's your inspiration? Well. On a daily basis, it's my wife. Um, she wakes up with a smile on her face. And I, I'm a bit of an old curmudgeon, um, <laughs> and, and, and I don't wake up with a smile on my face. Um, and um, I am just so inspired by her love for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm so thankful. Uh, as I said earlier, we met when I was 14, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, I can tell you married up also, so you get extra points yeah. for that. I hope your wife's listening to this one. Everybody in the male species has married yeah. up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who else inspires you, though? I think my father. Uh, the book that I wrote is dedicated to him, um, and it, it. I had the opportunity to go to work with my dad the day after I graduated from college, mm. and I worked with him. We had offices side-by-side, side, or we shared an office for 25 years until the day he passed. And that was pure joy. Now, there were times when it was a challenge, um, as any father-son relationship can be, or any business relationship can be. But he inspired me so much because he always brought his faith to work. He, he never um, lost his temper. I never once saw him chew out a person in a way that really demeaned that person. Mm. Um, and, um, and yet, you know, we were in the junkyard. It's not exactly yeah. an easy, easy job. Or in commercial real estate, which is... Yeah. Highly competitive. Yeah, highly competitive. Well, that leads me into the book, as I've been jonesing to get to this, you know. And I have to tell you, in your section one, one of my favorite chapters, and I got to tell the folks this, I'm not going to spoil it out there because they're going to have to get your book. But the uh, it reads in the second section there was aim uh, aim high, and in parentheses, especially with an acetylene uh, acetylene powered acetylene powered homemade bazooka. (laughs) 
<laughs> I yeah. love that one. And so uh, what, what would be some of your favorite chapters? Since you went going through this book and, and, and put it, pulling it all together, what would be some of the favorite chapters that you Well, would? that one certainly is one of my funnest chapters, okay. no doubt yeah, about it. it. And, and we actually recreate that bazooka, and we put it on YouTube. <laughs> um, so if you look for my name and uh, salvaged book, on YouTube, uh, yeah. you'll find a little short, it's like 30 second video about right. aim high. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, we had so much fun with that. And, <laughs> and that was definitely one of them. I think uh, chapter three is another hilarious one where we accidentally over poison oh, yeah. all the rats in <laughs> yeah. the junkyard. And we come to work on Monday morning and the place smells like a morgue because uh, so many rats had died. They were literally falling from the rafters onto our employees and our, our, on to our customers. It was, we were the laughing stock of the Santa Clara County. Yeah. Um, so the, the, we also, I, another one of my favorites is towards the end. It's called, uh, never buy cheap champagne. And, uh, <laughs> what does that mean, Roy? What does that mean? Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the story there is that at my wedding during the reception, my brother, who's oh. 13 years older than I am, came up to me and handed me a hundred dollar bill. And he said, never buy cheap champagne and turned around and walked away. <laughs> and, and, and I laughed. I go, that was the only advice I got on my wedding day. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciated $100 was huge to me. I think oh, I was yeah. earning like 16000 a year. So this was like a fourth of the month's rent or something. And, um, but he really meant it. He wanted us to buy a great bottle of champagne on our honeymoon. And it, it, it came to mean so much more through the decades since then where um, – it really means embrace life. Mm. Uh, don't hide the good stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, don't save that great experience for some day. Or don't, um, don't not open a great bottle of wine for some day. Enjoy it now. And, and I talk about in the book how, as leaders, we have to give our best every single day. Yeah. You can't save it for some day. Yeah, embrace, embrace life, definitely for leaders. So is this who is this book mainly for? Is it business leaders? You know, anybody yeah, else? I think, I think, well, the, the, yes, business leaders. But I wrote the book with the idea that all of us are leaders at some point in time. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a nurse, if you drive a UPS truck, or if you're a CEO of a major company. You are at some point in time a leader. And so many leadership books are written for that sort of top-tier CEO type. And I wanted to bring it down and, and, uh, to, to more of a grassroots level so that we can understand that leadership is something we do every day, all the time, because we're constantly influencing yes. people. Yes, every day. Love that. Well, I want to encourage our listeners to make sure that they go uh, to Roy's website. So it's RoyGobel.com, R-O-Y-G-O-B-L-E.com. The book is Salvage. We can also get that on Amazon, right? You can. Yep. And we are giving away two signed copies from Roy. And uh, all you have to do is text us to 224-404-1988 with the keyword salvaged and you're going to be entered to win and you're also going to get six easy ways to motivate your team this is an article that roy wrote in outreach magazine yeah and we're going to be bringing roy back in here to our next segment but i'm going to tease it up a little bit roy because what i want to find out is uh what do you believe is one of the most important qualities of a leader and we're going to get that answer when we come back so we want to remind you to stay tuned here again if you uh, are going to miss this or you want to go out and listen to previous podcasts that's out there on, uh 
faithmarketplace.com. You can tune in with the app here at AM 1160 to hear us live or on the Internet. So we want to encourage you to be able to go out there and get that. And also, we've got lots of goodies we're giving away, folks. So even if you hear a podcast or something else, that doesn't mean that the thing was given away. So make sure that you do text us and stay connected with us. And we've got some great announcements coming up also for some really cool stuff we're going to do. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with our special guest, Roy Goble, and his book, Salvaged. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, welcome back to Faith Marketplace here on AM 1160 every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock. I'm Bob Lambert, the host of the show, and my wonderful co-host Jennifer Villarreal here is every Saturday. So if you missed the first couple segments here, we're back with our guest Roy Goebel, who is uh, sharing with us his book called Salvaged. And at the end there, I wanted to tease it up a little bit with a question uh, for Roy, uh, who do you believe is the most important quality in a leader? What is the most important quality, Roy, from your perspective? Yeah, I can, can I break it into a two-part answer? Absolutely. It, it, I think that question so, um, it's so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would begin with um, character. I, I honestly believe that a person has to have a deep character to them to be a good leader. It gets back to a little bit about what I said earlier about authenticity and integrity and, and accessibility. You have to have a strong character. Everything is built on that. I once had a mentor that told me, hire for character because you can always teach competence. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's a great one. That is yeah. awesome. And I love that. Having said that, I think in terms of application, uh, we as followers of Jesus, I think a major part of our job as leaders is to point people towards Jesus. Now, I don't necessarily mean like in an evangelistic way of we're going to share uh, the gospel message in every setting, but we are the salt, the light, the yeast that has to work through our culture, our society, our, our workplace, our family. And um, we need to be pointing people to Jesus through our thoughts, our actions, and our heart. Um, and that, I think, is a key part of every leader's responsibility. Yeah, I, I yeah, well said. I mean, that is absolutely spot on. I have to ask you real quick here because this one really intrigued me, and I want the listeners. I've never read it, but I want the listeners get your uh, your take on it. It said it's good to have friends in low places. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a story about when I was a kid, and I I, I had a smart aleck attitude and and picked on some bigger kids, and we were walking home from school, and they started beating me up, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was a schoolyard fight. It wasn't anything serious. But it was on the side of the road, and, uh, and literally as this was happening and I was losing, a big Harley motorcycle pulls up right next to the road, and this guy in leather and the helmet and everything. Mm-hmm. And mind you, this had been like in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. He just shouts out, hey, Roy, everything okay? <laughs> and it was a guy from the wrecking yard that worked for us. Oh, boy. And those three kids that were beating me up, like, scattered like flies. They couldn't wait to get out of there uh, to see this sort of Hell's Angel-like guy pull up next to us and call me by name. Um, so I use that story to highlight how important it is to have friends in low places. There you go. Um, you know, you need, you need to know 
Um, if anybody has ever gone to a passport office and tried to get a passport, trust me, you want friends in that office when you put <laughs> through there. You know, or the DMV or anywhere else. You want friends to, that are going to help you with that kind of stuff. And I think as, as leaders, sometimes we spend so much time focusing on making friends in high places that right. we forget all the work that gets done in the low places. Well, as, as it says in Scripture, right, well, who are we supposed to really be serving and who did Jesus serve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that yep. needed it, he, you know, he wasn't serving the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious leaders. He knew that, that that was not the people he wanted to serve. So yeah. I that's think exactly it's great. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Roy, what do you do to encourage others um, in the marketplace? Anything that you do? Yeah, um, one of the things, by the way, <laughs> you mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier about the young man that I mentored. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I would pick up on that, by the way, and this is tied into your question, is I think we who have a little gray hair or maybe no hair, um, need to be the ones that make the initial contact with the younger generation to mentor them. Yes. I think there's a lot of young people that want to be mentored and probably sometimes don't even know they want to be mentored. Yes. And if we take that first step, I think it's very powerful. And I want to add to that is um, don't give up because sometimes they tend to retreat and hide. Yep. And uh, I call it, they go into this like roly-poly thing. They think nobody can see them. Um, And it's like, hey, I still remember you. I'm still going to keep calling you. And um, and just be patient with them because there's a lot going on through their heads and lies and stories that they're believing that aren't truth. They're not from God and they need us to speak life into them. Yeah. And it's also by the walk, how we lead. You know, they're Mm -hmm. watching it because they're highly skeptical. For two and a half decades, would they see all the malfeasance in corporate, you know, government politics and, you know, the faith organizations. So they're... They're highly skeptical about this whole religious thing. So they really want to see people walking and not just yes. talking it. So uh, I absolutely agree with that. So um, Yeah, so going back to that, Roy, then, so what, what do you do to encourage those in the marketplace? One of the things I do, or try to do, uh, and I'm, I'm still learning how to do this well, is listen. Mm. Uh, I, I found that people are so encouraged if you just shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. And um, especially the people that work for me, if I just sit down at their desk sometime and just say, so tell me what you're doing right now and tell me um, what your challenges are, and I just listen. I don't even have to have answers or solutions. Right. Just listen. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly encouraging for folks that have that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you that, hit it on the head. God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? Use them in those <laughs> proportions. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have to coach that a lot, and I have to take it to heart myself. i got to have a big sticky note in front of my, you know, you know, my face. Uh, the yeah. other thing is, but buddy gave this to me the other day. Get your ears out of your pockets. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that I was like a that. great. That was That's a great good. one. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. so um, you know, along with equipping people and and going out there, you're uh, how you and I got to meet each other was by a, a gentleman that we've had on the show several times. We had the privilege of interviewing him live here in Chicago. It was mm-hmm. with a fabulous program called the the Max Dupree Center out there in Fuller Seminary. So why don't you tell very quickly how you got involved with that and what are you doing there? I've been an admirer of Max Dupree for decades, and and his books uh, have really influenced and shaped my leadership style. Mm -hmm. So um, when I heard that there was a a Max Dupree Institute at Fuller Theological Seminary, I I was shocked. I had no idea it existed, and this was maybe 10 years ago when I first found out about it. So I I reached out to them, made contact with them, and when when Mark joined as their executive director, um, he invited me to be on their advisory board and I've just loved it because it's an opportunity to really support and encourage a group that is creating resources for people that um, want to bring their faith to the marketplace and aren't quite sure how to do that. Yeah. 
I've been a big admirer of that in that you know, leadership for life, the, the the daily devotional coming out. That thing is really awesome. It is <laughs> good. Yeah. Really great words yeah. in that. Right. Um, are there any systems or anything that you use to help you stay on track, stay productive and organized? Oh, man, I wish there was. Um, I, I, I joke that I stay organized because I have Anne. Uh, she's my assistant. Um, and uh, she, she was actually the little girl that lived next door when my wife and I were first married. And um, she ended up being our babysitter uh, when we had our first child. She was 12 at the time. And Anne has, in some way, shape, or form, um, been in our lives ever since. She's in her mid-40s now. And um, she she keeps me sane because I've got all these different things going on with real estate, with ministry opportunities, mm-hmm. with board roles, with writing books, et cetera. And, you know, my work in Belize with uh, Pathlight and groups like that. Mm-hmm. And she's able to kind of navigate all of that. So many assistants would be freaked out by the ministry side or freaked out by the business side. And she's able to navigate both. So thank God for her. Yeah, I think assistants are really, really important. And even sometimes people think they can't have an assistant, but they can have a virtual assistant as well. So, yeah, you hit it right on there. Yeah. Hey, Roy, uh, we're getting long in the segment here, but i got to get this one out because you had an amazing story. So what would somebody say was cool about you or inspiring about you? Or even cool funny. about me? Yeah. Oh, come on, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm a 60-year-old bald guy that's a little chubby, and, you know, uh, I have, there's not a thing cool about me at all. I drive a pickup truck, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but that's, that said, I'd say what's cool about me are my kids. They do some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, my son is an iOS developer in uh, Silicon Valley and, and develops game software for, for learning. And my daughter runs a, a anti-human uh, trafficking program in northern Thailand. Yeah, uh, but you know there is some, there's something a little bit different about you because you live in a ranch. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. got a little cowboy in you, right? I do. In fact, <laughs> I wear my boots today to work, uh, and right. um, we we do have a vineyard, so we grow some grapes, and mm-hmm. and we have a olive grove. We make our own. Uh, award-winning olive oil as well. Well, Roy, you touched on just a little bit ago uh, something about Belize. Can you tell us a little bit more about that briefly? Yeah, God put it on our heart some 25 years ago to go to Belize, and we didn't know why. And it's a little tiny country south of Mexico on the Caribbean side. Um, Most people think of it as this great place to go for diving or fishing. But they also have this beautiful rainforest. 25 years ago, we started going there, and we have developed all kinds of ministries down there over those years. Mm. Uh, we currently run an organization called Pathlight. You can go to it at pathlight.org, and it actually helps kids get through school because in Belize, education is not mandatory after what we would call eighth grade. So, so it, there, there are opportunities to go, but the government doesn't subsidize it. So we've come in and helped with sponsorships. We do teacher training. We do community groups where we're, we're building classrooms, that kind of thing. It's all done in the name of Christ. We are partners with the government in doing it. The Ministry of Education there loves us. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, it's, it's just been an amazing journey, a wonderful joy to be um, the founder of that. And that was co-founder. pathlight.org? Yeah, pathlight.org. Mm-hmm. And then don't you have this trip coming up to Belize as well? We do. We don't have dates for it yet, but it's going to be later this year. And it's um, a, uh, a four-day event. You can go to junkyardwisdombelize.com if you want to look it up. It's an amazing adventure trip where we talk about some of the themes that are in um, my first book and also in my second book, the, the one we're talking about today, Salvaged. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I usually team teach it with um, a great 
theologian of some kind. Uh, this year it might be Ken Weitzma, who's the founder of the Justice Conference. And um, we, we talk through the issues and have a good time, and as well as a lot of adventure in there. Wow, that's great. Make sure you guys check that out. It's junkyardwisdombelize.com. And also text us to 224 224- 404-1988 with your name and the keyword salvaged and everybody is going to be entered to win a copy of Roy's book um, and we're also giving away everyone six easy ways to motivate your team. This is an article that Roy wrote in uh, Outreach Magazine and you'll all receive that. Again, that number is 224-404-1988. Hey, stay with us too. We're going to bring Roy back in for our last segment and we're going to be diving into something that he mentioned earlier, and that's going to be about succession in business. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Roy Goebel, and Jennifer and I are going to roundtable in our last uh, section here out of uh, Proverbs for Business, and it is, do you have a succession plan in place for your business, which is particularly close to my heart because I'm working on that now over the next three years. But, Roy, I know that you'd mentioned something that you and your wife are working on, too. So what's how do you want to play into this thing and, and give us a little bit of your perspective of it? Because you saw your dad, and you, you, you've been through other businesses and relationships, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we look at our business as being over 70 years old. It's something my dad started, um, uh, obviously long before I was around. And, um, he, he did a really good job of transition. He had four kids and he made us all equal partners, but he created good rules and guided us through the process. And he was working right up until the day he passed. Um, so his, the transition I saw and experienced was really healthy and strong and one of those rare family businesses that didn't have a lot of squabbles and fights. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, we're turning 60 and we're trying to figure out what does that look like for us? Our kids aren't interested in going on, but it's a family business. So we're, um, we're just now starting to really pray and think and, and say, okay, we've got another good 10 years of work in front of us, but then what? What does that look like afterwards? Yeah, and I, I, you, I can relate to that. Although I, I have to understand I'm a senior by you by mm-hmm. a few years, but you know, 60s is a new 40, dude. So you're going to be gaining, you know, some, <laughs> age, you know, some wisdom I, at a younger age here. Okay. I, I like that line, but I would remind you that if 60s is the new 40, midnight is the new 9 p.m. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear what you're saying. Jennifer, yeah. you know, you've been through a couple of transitions in your career and everything like that, and uh, you're a lot younger than both of us, but, well, how do you do Apparently, I'm not even born yet if, yeah, if of course. 40s is the... <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? When I look at this and leaving... Um, in Proverbs for Business, it says many business owners act as if they believe they will live forever here on earth. Mm. You know, I had a wake-up call with some health challenges, and I'm still dealing with it a little bit, and I just pace myself. But I realized, hey, if something happens to me, like business pretty much comes to a slowdown here. And so I like to encourage my clients and even what I'm working on moving forward is how can we create, you know, maybe uh, trainings or videos or things that can continue to play on mm-hmm. um, and and teach others and then have other people teach that curriculum as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I work more with the online space with entrepreneurs and small business owners, but that's something that we encourage, especially with all the technology today. It's not that hard. You can even use your phone to record things. So. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Mm-hmm. And I have a, my financial planner has what he calls living legacies. Yep. So he really encouraged me and my wife and, and people that he serves to actually create these legacies while you're still here. Yes. So that your grandchildren, great-grandchildren and beyond that would actually know who you know, one of the guys in the bloodline was, you know, what what I was thinking, what my career was about and all those kinds of things. We just did that for my grandparents as well. And they're going to be celebrating their 66th wedding anniversary. My grandpa, 88, my grandma, 81. Uh, So yeah, we did a legacy video and I even have some little books where I go and I ask them questions and I fill it in for them. So yeah, yeah, we should be doing the same though for our business too. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly the the people we serve, small, medium-sized businesses Mm -hmm. like yourself, Roy, you know, where, where's, what's going to get passed on and we know we're here for just a a a mist you know Mm -hmm. as far as time goes so it's never too early to be thinking about some of these things i I, i'm really uh excited for you and your spouse that you're thinking ahead like this as to what's the next decade and how you're setting those things up because again anything can happen you know at any given time Uh, and especially your focus on ministries the way you're doing why don't you tell us a little bit more about those about the ministries. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you mentioned, or we've mentioned, the Dupree Center that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I'm on the board at Westmont College as well, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love higher ed and the impact it can have on uh, building the kingdom. Um, I'm also involved with the work in, in Belize and in Pathlight, um, which we've talked about. Uh, I help my daughter with her work in Northern Thailand. Um, one of the things that, that Dion and I are talking really um significantly about is how do we create that legacy for those ministries and how can um, what we do today uh, carry them forward in the years ahead so we're looking at you know setting up donor advice funds and family foundations and things like that but we also want to be highly engaged and involved with them even up to the day we're gone yeah, you know, you might want to look at something because I think of those uh, foundations and some of the stuff you're working on is 501c3s right right well, there's a, a, a something you may not know about here called Project World Impact here in Chicago that deals with nonprofits all over the world, but specifically Christian nonprofits, and they have apps that drive donor contribution and, and uh, charitable giving. So it might be one you want to go out and check out. Chris Lesner that runs that, uh, young gentleman that started out at Taylor University in his junior year built a $10 million internet company. And he launched this thing about four years ago, and it's just highly successful. Working with a lot of churches and not-for-profits, so might be something that you guys want to take a look at because it is yeah. a sustainable type of a thing that he's working on. So I would love to. Look. It's, what was the name of it again? It's called Project World Impact. Great. And the gentleman's name is Chris Lesner, L-E-S-N-E-R. Great brother in Christ, and, and he's been on the show a number of times. He's involved also with what Jennifer's involved in, which is called the Barnabas Group here mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. Sure. And yeah, he's been a blessing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been a blessing to so many ministries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what other thing, what other pearls of wisdom here before we run out of time, Roy, would you give our audience out there as far as anything to do with succession or your ministries, whatever you want to talk about? Yeah, I, you know, one thing I was thinking about as we were talking about um, the scripture passage. It says, uh, now when David reached an old age, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. That's the verse from Chronicles that you sent to me ahead of this. And it, it struck me, um, my son's not going to step into that. My daughter's not going to step into that. But I, there is a young man that works for me that would love to step into that. Mm. So how do we transition from a, from a family business to a business that has um, non-family members leading it? Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going we're gonna to look at, real carefully at that. Yeah, and especially with your book, but you know, uh, at your stage right now, growing up another leader or leaders, uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a real heart for that. And obviously, some of the things you're engaged in, higher education, you know, the Dupree Center, and all those kind of things. I mean, right. that's all really 
what that's all about and being able to equip, inspire, encourage young leaders like that and actually be a pathway for that for some of them. Uh, yeah. It would really be cool. I, I think that God has ordained you a little bit in that way, right? Oh, that's intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's nothing intimidating about us here, Roy. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to make sure that all of our listeners get access to your book here. So make sure you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988, and you'll be entered to win a signed copy of Roy's book, Salvage. And this is Roy Goble. You can find him on Amazon or RoyGoble.com, G-O-B-L-E. And then all of our listeners are going to receive six easy ways to motivate your team. This is an article on Outreach Magazine that Roy wrote. And again, if you're listening to the replay on this, feel free. Still text us. We have plenty of giveaways and uh, and, and things to, to fill you in with. Well, tell them a little bit more exciting, but real quickly, as far as something we got coming up. Yeah, so we actually have a, a group here um, in conjunction with C.S. Lewis Institute, K.J. Johnson, uh, and it, it is going to be a conversational apologetics group. And what we're realizing is most people have no clue what apologetics even means. Right. So what we're going to try to simplify here for you is when you want to have a conversation with somebody or they ask you a question about your faith, you'll be equipped on how to engage in those conversations. And more importantly, like Roy mentioned earlier today, it's about listening, yeah. right? We want to make sure that we listen and also ask um, really um, powerful questions. So send us a text with the keyword faith and we'll get you all the details. We're going to be doing this in person as well as virtually. So that number again is 224-404-1988 with the keyword faith. And we'll give you more info on that group. Hey, well, listen, we just want to remind you, check us out every Saturday here at noon and 1 o'clock on AM 1160, the Hope for Your Life. And check out the replays and on faithmarketplace.com. We have all the podcasts up there for five years where you'll hear about business leaders, inspire, equip, and encourage others to incorporate their faith at work. And I also want to give another plug for Roy. This is a fantastic book. It's not another leadership book. It's not what the world is expecting. Believe me, you'll pick this up. You will not set it down. I want to encourage you to pick this book up. Uh, it has changed me in some perspective, but I laughed all the way through it because he's got some great stories. So stay tuned. We're going to be back again next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.